0: I'm only going to talk for a short time, for obvious reasons, Um, and then we're going to practice communion today. So we're wrapping up our campaign called Among Us, and communion, uh, we've been talking about what it looks like to be a community of faith, and how we can live together as Christ has called us to, and this new family of God that Jesus has brought. So we're wrapping this up, talking about communion, the table, the Lord's Supper, Um, And this is supposed to be a beautiful act where we collectively as a congregation remember what Christ has done for us. But I almost forgot, before we jump into, before I talk, we got a video for the kids, all right? So yeah, we got a video explaining for the kids what communion is all about. So Ian, if you can go ahead and, and roll that.
1: Have you ever wondered why every once in a while at church people eat a small piece of bread and drink a tiny bit of juice? Is it just snack time or is there more to it than that? Well, this has a lot of different names, but for today, we'll call it communion. And communion is something that the church has done for thousands of years. But what exactly is communion? Why do we do it? To answer that, we should look all the way back at the very first communion. Before Jesus went to the cross, he had one last meal with his disciples. While they were all there, Jesus took a cup and told his disciples to divide it among themselves. Then he broke up some bread into smaller pieces and gave a piece to each of his disciples. When Jesus had them all take and eat the bread, he said, this is my body. The bread represented his body that would be broken. When they all took the cup, Jesus told them, this is my blood. The cup represented his blood that was going to be poured out as a sacrifice for them on the cross. When they ate the bread and drank the cup, he told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. This is why we take communion, to remember Jesus and what he did for us. The bread and the cup are physical symbols that Jesus gave us to remind ourselves of something much bigger that he did for us. So let's talk about the bread for a second. This isn't the first time that Jesus compared himself to bread. In John 6:48, he said, I am the bread of life. What he meant by that was, just like our physical bodies need food to stay alive, our spirits need food too, otherwise they'll starve. When we eat the bread, we should remember that just like physical food sustains our physical lives, Jesus sustains us spiritually. Without Jesus, our spiritual bread, we would starve. Also, just like the bread that he broke and handed to his disciples, his body was about to be broken. Because Jesus' body was broken, they could be made whole. The same is true for us. When we eat the bread, we should remember that Jesus' body was broken the day he went to the cross. Because of that, we can have healing, not just physical healing, but emotional healing and spiritual healing as well. Jesus was broken, just like the bread, so that we could be made whole. Now, let's talk about that cup. Back before Jesus came to earth, when people sinned, the only way to be right with God was to sacrifice an animal that had no imperfections. That may sound kind of weird, but that's how seriously God views sin. The Bible says that the cost of sin is death. So every time they sinned, they had to sacrifice another animal and even still, they weren't changed on the inside. But all of those sacrifices with their emphasis on blood were a picture of the real sacrifice that would be coming and would change people from the inside. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. When we drink the cup, we should remember that it is only because of Jesus' blood that we are able to be born again into God's family. Without Jesus' sacrifice, we would be doomed to be separated from God forever because of our sin. So the bread and the cup are just a physical way to remind us of the amazing thing that Jesus did for us. First and foremost, communion is a time to remember. Remember what Jesus did for you. Remember that only he can sustain you spiritually and that his body was broken so that you could be made whole. Also, remember that his blood was spilled to pay the price for your sins so that you could be a part of God's family. Communion is also a time to examine ourselves. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11:28 28 that we should examine ourselves before we take communion. Communion's a serious deal. We need to take it with the right attitude. This is a good time to ask yourself questions like, is there something that I need to ask forgiveness for? If so, now's the time to do that. Or maybe ask yourself, am I living a life that brings honor to the broken body and the blood that Jesus spilled for me? If not, take the time to ask forgiveness and commit to living a life that brings honor to Jesus before taking communion. Communion is a great time to examine ourselves. Lastly, communion is a time for community. A lot of times when we take communion, we use pre-prepared, already broken up pieces of bread rather than using one singular loaf of bread that we split up. So it's easy to forget the significance of the picture that we are all a part of one body, the body of Christ. Because Christ's body was broken, we can all be united in that one body, no matter who we are young or old, big or small, rich or poor, if we've made Jesus our Lord, we are bound together as one body. It's the broken body and the blood of Jesus that binds us together as a family. So communion is a time to remember what Jesus did for us. It's a time to examine ourselves on whether we're living a life that honors Jesus or not. And it's a time for community. Remember that no matter what background you come from, when we're a part of God's family, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: Just keep that on, Ian. I'll preach, I'll preach with that. Make sure everybody stays awake and stays very engaged. <laughs> hype music behind me. Okay. So I figured what we do is just read, read the text from Luke, and then we'll, we'll read a little bit of the text from 1 Corinthians um, before we come to the Lord's table together. So in Luke 22, at the Last Supper, this is what Jesus says to his disciples, or we'll read the story, the account of it here. Says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Okay, so next we're going to go on to the 1 Corinthians 11 text. So that's where Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper there in Luke. And then in 1 Corinthians 11, the Apostle Paul is talking with the early church. And this is one of the most extensive teachings on communion that we have in the early church. And we're just going to kind of get the picture of what the Apostle Paul is saying here to the church and where this community and examining yourself element comes in, as the video articulated. It says, This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. Okay, He's really ticked off about how they are practicing the Lord's Supper. They're doing it all wrong, and this has got him very disturbed. Four, when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. Okay, so I think before we get into this, it's important to set the scene. So Sunday for the early church was a work day. So even if you were in a Jewish town like Jerusalem, the Sabbath, the day off would be Friday night through Saturday night. Sunday was a typical work day. So what the church would do is they would get together early before work and sing praises to God, gather, kind of like our traditional church service. And then after that, they would get together again to have dinner together. So what was ha- And that was called a, a love feast. And after dinner, they would celebrate what's called the Lord's Supper. So you thought getting to church now was tough. Imagine Monday morning before work showing up for church at 6 30 or so and then going to work and then coming back later in the afternoon. I hear often that church is too early for people. Like, whew, it was different back then, okay? It was a big sacrifice to get to church. And then. So what was happening is people who either were done with work early, most often those who were wealthier landowners who employed people, the regular day laborers, they couldn't get to the dinner early enough. They would come later. So what Paul's saying is they would get there and everybody had already done, they were already done eating. The people who could get there earlier, they were done eating and they were already drunk by the time they would show up. Church looked a little different, right? Right. So Paul's saying, you guys are not celebrating the Lord's Supper. This is something completely different. Because as we've seen time and time again, Paul's teaching always emphasizes if you have a position of freedom or liberty, you should be giving that freedom up for the benefit of others in your community. So those who were there early, who had that freedom and opportunity, they should be giving that up and waiting for others to come so that they could eat and celebrate together. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Do you have don't you have homes to eat and drink in or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this manner. Okay, then he goes through the text that we just talked about in in Luke talks about what the Lord's Supper is all about, what it's supposed to be, remembering Jesus. Then In verse 28, he goes on, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So what he's saying here in the context is examine yourself in light of the community. Are you using your position of privilege or benefit to the expense of others or to the benefit of others in your community? If you have been practicing uh, life or communion, whatever, and you have disunity between you and others in the church, That's where you should be primarily examining yourself when you come to the table. This is where this community element comes front and center. This is supposed to be an event where we come together and celebrate Jesus, remember what he did on the cross for us in unity as a church. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, that's what he means, without regard for the rest of the community. If you're Taking communion without regard for the rest of the community. If you have offenses out there, if you've offended people, if you're harboring unforgiveness within the church, that kind of stuff. Eat and drink judgment on themselves. Okay. So, remember. This is what we're after with communion. Remembrance. Remembering Jesus. Remembering what he did on the cross for us. Remembering. Band, you guys can come on up and get set We're going to take our time with communion a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you guys to come up, grab uh, one of the elements and bring them back to your chair, sit and reflect and think on this. Remember, examine, think of community, all of that stuff while we're holding these elements before we partake of them together. I'll come back up and pray and we'll partake of the elements together. But we're going to kind of linger here a little bit longer today. So I want you to spend some time remembering, remembering what Jesus did on the cross for you remembering his sacrifice, his body being broken for you, his blood being shed for you to establish a new covenant to wash away sin through this one perfect, once and for all sacrifice for sin. Part of that is remembering your sin, repenting of your sin, remembering the disobedience that you have committed against God, remembering then his forgiveness in Christ Jesus, that he has made a way for you to be made right with him, that he has taken your punishment upon himself in dying on the cross for you. Remember all of that. Remember salvation. Remember your sin. Remember who Jesus is and what he has done on that cross for you. And then second, examine yourself. Examine yourself in light of the community. Examine yourself in light of faith in Jesus. Are you following Jesus? Is there sin you need to repent? Are there people you need to reach out to for forgiveness amongst the body of Christ? Are there those you have offended? Are there those who are offended by you? Because this is supposed to be a unifying community event. So, I'm going to ask you, starting with the front rows, come up, grab an element, take it back to the table with, take it back to your seat with you, hold on to it, Remember, examine, sit with this, and then I'll come back up and we'll pray together before we partake. So front rows, guys, come on up. You guys pray with me first for the bread. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. And Lord, as we remember you taking our sin in your flesh, we remember your body being beaten. We remember your death on the cross, Lord. We also know and remember that you have taken away our sin. And Lord, we live now in the reality of our sin being placed on you. And so Lord, we are thankful. And Lord, we commit our lives to living for you as one body representing you in community, Lord. So Lord, we thank you and we want to live our life in honor of your sacrifice. Let's partake of the bread together. Would you pray with me for the cup as well? Lord Jesus, your blood was shed for us, your blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we confess that our hope is in you, our trust is in you, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins. When we partake of this, we're confessing that our our trust is not in our own righteousness, our own ability to be moral and good people. Lord, we, we have tried that and found it wanting. Lord, our forgiveness, our justification, us being made right before you is only found in our faith in Jesus and in his blood that was shed for us to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we acknowledge that our sin, Lord, is heinous in your sight. And yet, Lord, you love us enough to take the penalty of that upon yourself and die in our place. We love you, Lord. We remember your sacrifice as we partake of the cup together. Let's partake. Now would you guys stand with us? We're going to sing together.